Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. All right, here we go. Opening up a Silver 7 show, Cofield and Company on the road. This is our Thursday home. Willie Ramirez is in as the company. Curtis Terry, UNLV legend, will join us in the 5 o'clock hour. Busy show today. We're leading into the NBA draft, but frankly... Before we get to what's trending, Willie, because I've been saying this the last couple of weeks, I think a lot of people like the the lack of downtime between the NBA and football. Yeah. But I actually think it's kind of an issue because the NBA, I thought even the NBA finals got buried by, you know, a week out from football. There were so many big football stories, uh, and especially because it was the Bucks and the Suns. I had it. I thought it had trouble carving out space. And, like, I love the NBA draft, but there's so much going on today. Frankly, if we get a Lakers trade for Russell Westbrook today before the end of the show, and those are the rumors, yep. that's going to overshadow the NBA draft. And let's be honest, the NBA draft has really turned into something somewhere between the NFL draft and the Major League Baseball draft. Like, you know a lot of the names in the NBA draft, but a lot of them you don't because they're, they were high school guys who went off to the G League, and then there's a lot of uh, international players. So a lot of folks are like, I don't even know who these guys are. Yeah, and I think that – that what plays into that also is coming off of, you know, the pandemic year, um, college basketball, not a lot of fans in the stands. And then eventually there, there may have been, and, you know, an isolated, uh, isolated dance. And, and so, so you, you're watching it on TV, but it's, it's just a lot different when, you know, obviously a couple of years ago. So you're right, you know, unfamiliar names, um, the, maybe the top, you know, the top names you're going to be recognizable, but I, you with know, training I, camps open. I'll tell you what, Willie, I'm not even sure. The majority of the country of sports fans knows who Cade Cunningham is, and he's probably going to be the number one pick. Yeah, that came out earlier, and uh, that he'll he'll likely go. But but Jalen Green, Jonathan Kaminga, you have to be on a certain. I think you'd have to be on a certain circuit, you know, or, or maybe in a certain region to know who these guys are. Um, Suggs from Gonzaga, you know, you have to know. Right. But other than that, you, you know, usually there and there's a lot more time to promote. Let's let's face it. The NFL is king. I, I you know I know I know where the priority lies when I'm out covering stuff for the Associated Press. You know what I mean I'm sure the NBA guys, the national guys who do a great job. Tim Reynolds, he well he's in Tokyo. You know Brian Mahoney, those guys. I mean they're they're dialing and focused in, but you know they're they're working around the clock back in New York on the AP Sports Desk right now uh, with with the NFL training camps and and everything that's going on. I mean let's face it, a couple days in, Aaron Rodgers is still a bigger story than than anything that's going oh, to take place in yeah. the NBA draft. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. We're going to get to Rodgers in the 4 o'clock hour. So before we get to what's trending, uh, this is the biggest news right now. Just a couple minutes ago, uh, Wojbaum, uh, Sham Sharania, also throwing it out there that the Lakers are really close to getting Russell Westbrook for Kuzi, Montrez Harrell, and KCP, plus a 21 uh, first-round pick. So... We can break that down. When it becomes official, we'll roll with it. We'll have Curtis break it down later on. But, again, the Lakers could be really close to acquiring Russ Westbrook for a slew of players. I'll tell you a quick little West, Russ Westbrook, LeBron James story for anybody out there that's going to say, how is that? You know you know the, you know this deal, uh, Steve. When something like this comes up these days, it's like, well, how are those two personalities going to blend? You know, we heard that with – when Harden went to Brooklyn and, and, and with the with the stars that were there. But um, back, I don't know what year it was, what Olympic year it was, but covering Team USA over at the Mendenhall Center. And 
LeBron and Russ, uh, Westbrook were off to the side taking their uniform off, changing into some comfortable clothes and their sliders, getting out of their high tops and whatnot. And Brawny was there, little Brawny back then, right? He was still a young little guy. And he had his, uh, his NBA video game, and, and LeBron was giving him crap in front of Westbrook because he had created the Westbrook character and gave him a different uniform number. But what you got from it was just how much they bonded. Here, Bronny was, um, you know, his main player, however it is you log, I don't, I'm not into video games, but his main guy was Westbrook in the video game. And they were all having fun with it and talking. So these guys are very close. It's not as if these are personalities clashing. It's not as if, you know, remember that they, they, they've, well, they've, they've been on Team USA before. I mean, nothing's going to happen with LeBron's team without LeBron knowing about it and LeBron right, right, putting right, right. a stamp of approval. So, Absolutely. So if he thinks there's going to be any issue with a ball-dominant Westbrook on the team and, you know, some chemistry problems, he would be out. So it, he's in on this, I'm well, sure. Well, I just think beyond that, I, I think that's a, that's a given. But what I'm saying is the chemistry is already there. It's built right. in. You know what I mean? It's built in from from growing in this league together as as opponents, but also with the bond that these guys create when they go to the Olympics or when they play. You know, just in general, friendships that have been that have been formed. So they have a uh, a long lasting, long standing friendship. It's trending at three. Presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at eight seven 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 hundred Nova. All right. Well, we planned on today. Because uh, this is a developing story here in the last 45 minutes with the uh, Lakers potentially getting Westbrook in a deal is to uh, roll into a lot of Major League Baseball trade deadline talk. Uh, also some updates from Raiders camp on uh, position battles and COVID situations. Well, we come out of the gates in what's trending with Joey Gallo, hometown guy. This is a big deal. You know, I know a lot of people out there uh, may not think the Yankees are a big deal, but it's it's a big deal. And you know, him getting a chance to go from the Rangers, who frankly just look like a broken franchise, have plenty of money but can't get it right. Joey Gallo to New York is a monster deal. And for that kid, you know, before free agency, you can't ask for anything more. No, and I think that it, it's, you know, it's, it's exciting because on a local level, here, here we're sitting here talking about the NBA draft sort of taking a back seat when normally it'd be in the spotlight to the training camp because we would, the draft would have already taken place. It would have been earlier this summer. But um, for baseball fans that you know are about to sort of now get buried behind NFL preseason, the local fans have something to cheer about. The local media maybe have something. If the Yankees make a run and Joey Gallo becomes a big part of that, all of a sudden from a local standpoint, it becomes a headline. From the Yankees' standpoint, they obviously think that he's a bat that they want to have in the lineup, and it's, and it's a big deal. You know what I mean? And, and, and like you said, for Joey Gallo, a Gorman grad, it's huge. You know what I mean? I, I don't care whether you're a Yankee fan or not, whether you're a Red Sox fan or a Cubs fan or a Dodger fan, you're talking about four epic stadiums. This guy's going to 161st Street to play in the Bronx. You get to go play, put the pinstripes on and play in the boogie down. It's a big deal. Uh, also trending in football, Dak Prescott already hurt. Uh, I don't think it's anything major. We'll see. Shoulder issues, but uh, Mike McCarthy said uh, not high concern. Uh, I think it was smart when he pulled up when he did, so he'll be out a couple of days. Uh, vaccination info also trending around the National Football League. And we told you this, you know, we were covering it every day the last couple of weeks, and we kept telling you at the end of every conversation that we were confident on this show that, oh, I don't know, 29 or 30 of the teams 
would probably be fine at 85% or more come the beginning of the season. Yes. Uh, the beginning of training camp, I think, would be a stark reality for those that were way below the number yep. and be a wake-up call. So um, the NFL tweeted out today, for those who have been asking, 87.9% of NFL players overall are vaccinated at least one shot. So they're not fully vaccinated, but they're at least on the path. Uh, 19 clubs out of the 32 now have more than 90% of the players vaccinated. Seven of the clubs have more than 95%. If John Gruden's numbers were correct the other day, he said he thought only four or five players were not vaccinated. We know with most certainty that Jalen Richard is not. He is not a vaccine guy going back years. So you would think the Raiders are over 90 and maybe damn close to that 95% threshold. Two guys go on the list yesterday. Have have yet to see any news today, but uh, um, Tyree Gillespie and um, Richie Incognito were not. Oh, they were not. They were not on the field today. So they okay. were there yesterday. Um, um, Clee Farrell came into his his uh, press time with a mask on and was asked toward the end of it. And he, he went through. It was, it was almost like a little deja vu from Derek Carr yesterday where – it was an elongated answer and never really gave us a pinpoint on something. And But at the very end, he said, and to conclude, yes, I am vaccinated. Uh, I just got my shot, so, I'm, so I, that's why I have the mask on. I got 14 days, so he's going through that 14-day process of getting it into his system, so on and so forth. But uh, it was funny because yesterday, Derek Carr, and I think the entire, all of us as a whole, including myself, um, somewhat dropped the ball because Derek Carr – you know, it was asked about if his leadership role um, in the locker room for those quote-unquote four or five guys that are not vaccinated per John Gruden, if he felt it was his duty to somewhat impress upon them that, hey, you know, this is what we need to do and this is the, and, and, and sort of, and he said, to be honest with you, it's not my place to offer an opinion, just offer it. If somebody comes to me and asks my opinion, I'll give it to them, but I'm not going to offer it or impress upon my preference here or there, blah, 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 blah. And the follow-up question probably should have been, whether it was the next one or somebody should have said, okay, Derek, well, you said if anybody asks your opinion, you'll give it. What's your opinion on the vaccination? And nobody did. So I'm kind of looking forward to next Wednesday to see if those four or five guys, what's go, what goes on with the two running backs that are on the COVID list, if anybody else goes on to the COVID list, and how they're somewhat treating it. I asked Gruden Tuesday in his presser, you know, just off last year, the phrase crushed the virus in every press conference he had. Um, if he, you know, if learning from last year's mistakes and, and the things that the Raiders did, as much as they were trying, there were a lot. Of, and he was straight up about it. He said, we got fined. I got fined. The Raiders got fined. We have to do a better job. We're on top of it. They brought in a guy-specific physician's assistant and uh, on the athletic training staff to answer the questions, to stay on top of it, to stay on top of them, and make sure they're staying compliant as best as possible. All right, quick time out. We'll uh, get to the latest with the Vegas Golden Knights. All those moves and not the mega, mega move that people expected. Listen, Flurry going bye-bye is a big move. But yesterday it sound, sounded like to me that Kelly Crimmin, Kelly McCrimmon threw uh, cold water all over the possibility of a big baller being brought in. He said, basically, uh, we're not really looking for anything else. 
Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 3. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. Stick around. More of Cofield and Company is on the way. Sign me up for the guy that's on base almost 40% of the time and has the kind of power and provides the kind of potential balance for our lineup. Um, and on top of it is a, is a two-way player. You know, this is a guy that really defends and, and can run. And it's hard to argue that, you know, we're not a lot better team adding Joey Gallo to us. Oh, yeah. Baby. Now he's on the Yankees. I already like Joey Gallo. I'm going to be a freaking lunatic now. Wheeler Ramirez is the company. It's Cofield. Silver 7's happy hour is going on right now. 277 on many of the drinks. you got two bars to hang out at the Corona Cantina and also the Silver and Gold. That bar is right next to the William Hill Race and Sportsbook. Flamingo and Paradise. Come on down. we got some prizes. we got some T-shirts as well. A lot going on. We got a Lakers trade potentially on tap here with Russell Westbrook coming to L.A. You know Joey Gallo, local, already went to the Yankees yesterday. We're tracking the trade uh, deadline in Major League Baseball, so we'll get you an update in 10 minutes on the latest with one Chris Bryant. Now, the NHL, Willie, blew up this week with moves. We'll get to Marc-Andre Fleury here in just a second. but Who? Yeah. Oh, you know who. Believe me. And the fans know who because they went crazy. The last couple of days, that'll be a story to follow for years to come around uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. But, well, they made their moves. They made their moves. They, you know, they made the trade to move Cody Glass out last week. Got to get Patrick signed. Got to get Nolan Patrick signed. Alec Martinez in the fold, about 16 mil over three years. Jan Mark is back. Noshik is out. And the message yesterday from VGK Brass is, that's it. It's about it. It's about what we did. Do you believe them? Um, I believe that he would like for that to be the truth, but I don't believe anything they say until the season starts because, you know, they there's, – there's so many questions that still, you know, in a sense surrounding – you know, Flurry's gone. We got that. They, want, they needed to clear up that, that – that space, and if it you think about it, if, if if it was just to re-sign Martinez, well, then did they really answer their question? You know, answer their scoring issues by bringing in uh, Evgeny Dedneff? Dead, dead. I, I, I don't yeah, we heard all these stories about hey, the money's going to get cleared with one of the goalies, and they're going to solve their they're, they're, so, they're, they're going to solve their center quandary, right? And then they don't, and then they don't. So. The other question is, and I had this conversation with, um, I always try to recap after big things like this, free agency, the trade deadline, whatever, with Dave Shane from the Las Vegas Review Journal, um, because I appreciate and respect his opinion. And he, you know, we sort of debated a little bit, is this roster going in going to be better than the fourth year? Is, you know, fourth year arguably was the best lineup that they had, best chance that they had, was it? You know, yeah, they made it to the Stanley Cup final in the first season, but is it going to be better? And I said probably not. And he said, well, okay, but if you look at the third line right now, you got two 20-goal scorers. On the fourth line, you got Waugh and Yanmark and Reeves and Carey battling it out for a spot. Does that mean that one of them is going to – is, is trade bait? Could you move one of those pieces with somebody um, and bring someone else in to solve that center issue and further deeper or further deepen your forward lineup? 
So I, I just don't know because, you know, perhaps you're trying to keep things quiet, brush it on the rug, the rug maybe they're hoodwinking us a little bit. It's, you just never know with this, with this front office. You really don't. Just because he says it's, it's, it's a done deal. I mean, you know, th- you have people believing that, but at the same time they're not belie- that they don't believe that everything that he's saying about the conversation with Flurry. You, you can't talk out of one side of your mouth about McCrimmon and then talk out the other side. Oh, no, he didn't have that conversation with Flurry on Saturday. You don't believe anything that he's saying because you believe Flurry because you love Flurry, but you believe him in saying, nope, they're done, they're not going to do it. So I don't necessarily know if they're done or not. What I do know is this. Going in right now, um, they still haven't solved their center depth. They do have a bolstered third line. Um, their goaltenders – you look at this for everybody out there that's crying that that Flurry's gone. I will tell you this: since 2018, of all goaltenders that have played at least 100 games, the number one save percentage is owned by Robin Leonard, above everybody else. That includes Vasilevsky, Grubauer, Flurry. You name him; he's the number one guy. So um, you have a legitimate backup, and which is a backup, of course. Now you know last year and the second half of the previous season if you know if there was an injury then you had two legitimate starters so um i don't know what to make of of these offseason moves of course i've been at raiders camp the last few days so it's you know it's it, it's a matter of, they they don't have to do anything until uh, un, um except sign nolan patrick and become cap compliant until the start of the season and that's it and they're going to be able to do that one way or the other if they're going to move things and move co- components it's just going to be basically within what they can afford to move and what they can afford to bring in. And, and, and I think that, that there's a lot of time before that. There's a couple of months. So it's still up in the air. I'm not buying into anything until that home opener. Are you surprised by the amount of vitriol from the fans on Flurry? I thought it was even stronger than I expected. I'm not necessarily surprised as far as the outcry. What I am surprised is one thing that was brought up by our good friend Paul Gutierrez that saw a tweet that somewhat compared to and said something to the along the lines of it's just like or this is worse than um, when they forced Tark out of town, and I just totally disagree. <laughs> I don't think that this compares to Jerry Tarkanian. This was business where back then they, they, they did a job they were looking to, they were working on year after year enforcing that guy out, and that's just a whole other There was subject. a lot of dirty pool in that one. and, and But there are, there are Golden Knights fans, Willie, who think that well, the, the organization has not been great, and this is another move in a long line of moves that they, you know, where they didn't treat a player or a coach well. Right, and, and you have to, you know, you have to look at it, at it this way. The first year – you brought in what was called the Golden Misfits, right? And you had a slew of good players to create a great team. And over the course of the next couple of years, what did they do? They moved, made moves. They tried to make the right moves to bring in great players and have those one or two superstars with a great supporting cast that made up that Misfit team. And I think they somewhat peaked with that superstar f- philosophy. And now... They, as Dave Shane pointed out to me, they've come back to reality for their fifth year and where they have a lot of good players. You know, I mean, Mark Stone's a, a, a legitimate superstar, I think. I think a healthy Pacioretty can be a, a legitimate superstar. But for the most part, you have a much more balanced team with the, with that that is not going to be possibly counting on one player. They can start fresh 
if you can get that third line bolstered. The, the question still is out there. What's, what are they going to do with the center depth? How do you react to this one? Fan Randy says, VGK used to be an organization that cared for and about its players. Since Pete arrived, the culture has gone to absolute S. Very sad. Blaming it, blaming it on Pete DeBoer. Pete DeBoer doesn't make any of the decisions, so I'll just. And so I'm not even going to. I'm not even going to address that for the fact that Pete DeBoer doesn't make the decisions. Is he conferred with? Yes, but he doesn't make the decisions, and the and and the the uh, the team has not digressed since he arrived. I mean, okay, if if we're going to start comparing, then Gallant went to the Stanley Cup final, and he was defeated by DeBoer in the first round of the. Um, second year in the last two years under DeBoer they've made it to the conference finals so I don't think that they've gotten worse I don't think that they've digressed and I really hate to tell you people this (laughs) yes they care about their players that are on the roster but when it's all said and done this is still a business it's not them it's not they're not there to you know to to if they have to make a business transaction I don't want to say they're not there to make friends because that's been the concept since day one is in the locker room, you know, the the chemistry, it's a family. Yes, I get that. But, you know, you you want the team to win or you want them to be loyal and just, okay, we're just going to cater to to, to everybody's, the fans' needs. 364-1100, caller 11, two tickets, NBA Summer League. You're hooked up. Just talk to Ari, caller 11, 364-1100, 75 games, all 30 teams playing at both of the facilities over at UNLV, TNM, and Cox Pavilion. You can get your own tickets at UNLVtickets.com. We've got a next-level giveaway, more tickets, where you can go to LVSportsNetwork.com and sign up to win four premium reserve tickets and an NBA Summer League jersey. The league goes down from August 8th to the 17th. Caller 11 364 the phone lines are open, and we want to hear from you. Call 702-364-1100 and tell us what's on your mind. So I wanted to offer my services as a recruiter, and I think we can all understand, you know, Green Bay isn't, a, you know, a huge vacation destination. People are coming here to play with me. You're listening to Cofield and Company. Play with our team and, and knowing that they can win a championship here. And the fact that I haven't been used in those discussions was one I wanted to change moving forward. And I felt like based on my years, uh, the way I can still play, that that should be a natural part of the conversation. Nothing really changed on that front. Boy, Aaron Rodgers, I thought unloading, very honest. We'll get to what Rodgers said in the 4 o'clock hour. Laid it out there, everyone wondering, you know, why he was so annoyed during the offseason and skipped prior engagements with the Packers. Well, that was part of it. That was part of it. And I love the part where he said, uh, you know, not a big not a big destination, Green Bay. They're coming here to play with me. Sounds cocky, but it's true. Probably pissed off a lot of Packers fans, but deal with reality, Green Bay. Again, that's coming up after 4 o'clock. All right, here's what we got going on in baseball with the trade deadline. Uh, we had a bunch of deals today. We're waiting on the other, one of the other big names. And Bryce Harper ain't going anywhere, but one of the other big names from Las Vegas and Chris Bryant. Joey Gallo yesterday went to the Yankees from the Rangers. Chris Bryant today, Willie, was not in the lineup. Cubs lost 7-4. to four. Yep. Uh, Rizzo also not in the lineup. A lot of speculation that they're going to spin him elsewhere. Uh, one of the Cubs writers 
for Cubs media people, Taylor McGregor, said after the final out, Cubs Chris Bryant remained in the dugout for a little bit, seemed to be taking in Wrigley, looked to be getting emotional as he finally got up to leave. So it does look like, you know, with what they've done so far, because uh, they also traded uh, one of their other relievers today uh, in uh, Ryan Tapera Tapera, however you say his name. Uh, he was moved actually across town to the White Sox. They moved another one of their relievers over to the A's. Kimbrell is probably gone. Like I said, Rizzo is probably gone. So Chris Bryant in his walk year will get a fresh start somewhere. We think we'll find out by the deadline tomorrow. Yeah, and I was reading, you know, yesterday I was sold on the Mets. And then today, all of a sudden the Giants and the Rays moved into the driver's seat, apparently. Um, it would be highly – that would be intriguing to see him go to the National League West with the Giants, considering the surprise season they're having, right? It was supposed to be the Padres and the Dodgers vying in that division, and it's turned out to be the Giants and the Dodgers – and so your closest major league team in terms of proximity to Las Vegas and their chief rival is the Giants. Um, you know, so there, there's somewhat of a little bit of a tie if you want to go that route. Um, then you got him going to the Rays. Can you imagine <laughs> two former sluggers from Las Vegas in the same division? Chris Bryant going to the Rays, Joey Gallo with the Yankees. Or the third, which I was sold on, is two sluggers playing in the Big Apple, and I, I, uh, I think I think Chris Bryant in New York would be a fantastic marriage, um, Yankees or Mets, just in terms of that town. I think he's a fantastic image. I think he's a fantastic personality. Um, obviously, he's a talented baseball player. But you know, every time we talk about New York, I don't care what sport it is—the Islanders, the Rangers, the Jets, the Giants, the Knicks, the Nets—you name it. It's all about can they handle the Big Apple? Can they handle the media? Can they handle the town? Can they handle the market? And if anything, it's can the market handle Chris Bryant? Because in the bottom line is get ready for, and I'm not comparing him talent-wise, so let's not get in an uproar and start tweeting at me or whatever. But as far as that wholesome good guy image that you're looking for to build around, just like the, ta- that, that, the Big Apple loved Derek Jeter, uh, Chris Bryant could really fall into a great role in the Big Apple. When I saw that yesterday that the Mets c- could land him, I thought, what a great – I thought it was just a great – it would be a great get for them. Boy, it's coming fast and furiously. <laughs> so, a couple of minutes ago, Danny Duffy, it looks like he's going to be going from the Royals to the Dodgers. Dodgers got bombed today. David Price was not good. That was a 5 nothing loss. They cannot figure out the Giants. So, Duffy to the Dodgers, and now – it looks like I got it, Willie. Okay. Uh, it looks like <laughs> Anthony Rizzo oh, man. is traded yeah. to the Yankees, and there were rumors earlier today that the Yankees were trying to spin off Luke Voigt, who's been hurt but was, you know, freaking one of the grand bombers of all of baseball. So I didn't mean to back you off on that, but I did say it. But, yeah, so Rizzo going to wow. New York. Yeah. That would be interesting if uh, Bryant lands in Queens and yeah. – Rizzo's in the Bronx, Bronx. and keep in mind, Rizzo was actually uh, reared early in his career by the Red Sox, so a lot of people thought the Red Sox were going to get him. Um, The Yankees situation is really interesting uh, because, you know, the Rangers are paying most of the money on Gallo, and the Yankees 
traded uh, two relievers to the Reds. Like, the Yankees, it, it kind of boggles my mind that these jabroni kids of Steinbrenner were given a $5 billion sports property, and they're worried about the luxury tax all the time. They, they, it, they, they are worried about being under the under the caps and they don't have to pay extra money. It's always it's crazy. It's always it's 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 always crazy to you know these rich franchises in in the things that they are concerned with, yet the money that they spend, and then when it's all said and done, are you winning the title or? Aren't and that's you? all. And that's all that. That's all that New York fans care about. Like your whole thing earlier about, hey, Chris Bryant's a good building block. If yeah. he goes to the Mets and hits 190 or gets off to a start like Lindor did, yeah. then all bets are off. Um, and Yankees fans do, do not care about what the salary cap is. They already know they're paying through the freaking nose yeah. to get to the game. The parking sucks. They've been treated, I think, really poorly uh, during the opening after COVID. Uh, and meanwhile, the Dodgers, like I don't hear the, anyone from the Dodgers, anything around the Dodgers, like there's some sort of restrictions on what they're going to pay. They go out and get players. And they're trying to freaking win. So Xavier Pope's up next. we got our legal analysts checking in. We'll get into uh, some more of the vaccine stuff around the National Football League. And uh, also, a legend has passed. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Cofield and Company is live at the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. Back here on Cofield and Company on the road on a Thursday. We check in with our buddy in Chicago, legal analyst, host of Suit Up News. Xavier Pope is with us. Dude, I see you bad-mouthing Team USA men's basketball all over social media. What's up? That's not cool. Hey, listen, if Team USA wants to win, they got to go out and beat the other teams. That's, I know that was the most. <laughs> that was great. That's why most... we have Xavier on right there. <laughs> They're gonna If they want to win, they got to beat the other teams. <laughs> That was the most Hubie Brown thing to say ever, but I just felt like I had I – mean, you are playing against other teams, and in order for you to have the respect on the Olympic stage, you have to win. Kevin Durant can't go out and score 10 points every game, and, and your, your leading scorer is Drew Holiday and expect to win. Now, they did crush Iran – which I don't necessarily think is the biggest feat in the world. I've never heard of Iran being a superpower in the game of basketball. Um, but I'm just, I'm just not impressed by what I've seen by the United States. You know what I think this is also is, Steve? We saw, we've seen over the last couple of years teams prioritizing rest and being willing to lose games to position themselves in playoff standings and also position, position themselves in whatever way they – they choose even or even towards the draft. I think that this, this and then look, Greg Popovich is, is the king of that, right? He's the coach, and so we maybe have we're in a situation where, well, that Team USA feels, oh, okay, we can sacrifice a couple of games in order to get certain guys ready and rest certain guys, and that doesn't necessarily have the same cachet as Dream Team running over every single team that it plays. Right, but the world has changed. If you look at the roster, like the France loss, first of all, it wasn't like the, the Iran game, they were 40-point favorites. The France game, they were somewhere between 11 and 14. Much of the uh, French roster is filled with NBA players or guys who have NBA experience. I'm not saying that the talent gap is completely closed. I think they, they didn't play a great game, and they had a bad four minutes where they couldn't make some shots, but they're going to be fine. They're going to win the gold. Uh, 11, they're going to get tested. 11. They just have to have a healthy respect for everyone they play now, and I think the French game was the wake-up call. 11 points in the third quarter 
with what the what Team USA did, Steve. If, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, uh, th- that's just unacceptable in the Olympic competition. And you saw how many Luca and Slovenia they scored <laughs> what fifty or sixty points more than the what Team USA scored in that game. So. To be able to, to play through an entire game, you have Lucas scoring over 110 points in one game. You have the NBA playing almost 70, what, 75, 73 points, whatever it was in that game. It's just unacceptable for you not to be able to generate offense and then jacking up threes from international distance. A win, they fell against Iran. Great. But they may not necessarily always fall. We know the threes are big in the Olympic competition. You can't just jack up threes and expect to win games. Damn. USA, USA. I'm going to play some Toby <laughs> Keith music to get you turned around. I forgot. Toby Keith, I think, does not like the U.S. basketball team or any of the Olympians, actually. I think he's rooting against them. Um, speaking of the United States, and now I'm going to take a shot at how dopey we are sometimes and how dopey our sports organizations are. From a legal standpoint, can you believe that Cleveland renames its baseball team from Indians to Guardians and it doesn't look like they buttoned up all the trademark stuff. This is nuts. Professional sports are notoriously conservative. And it looks as if they just came up with a team name that the last letters were, were DNs. Right, right, right. <laughs> just put guard over IN. It's like, where's the originality? And then they don't, they don't have the trademark. It's a local roller derby team. Yeah, I mean, I'm not shocked about this at all. A team that spent years and years with, with, with names and logos that it shouldn't have had in the first place, um, not doing his homework to order to come up with a new logo. Look at what they did. They didn't even change the font of the letters. Nope, nope. <laughs> they could just, they, I, mean, I mean, they might as well just change their names to the Cleveland Star-Lords, like I said in the latest last episode of Suit Up News last week, is because, I mean, it looks like they didn't put any any real creativity to coming up with this name at all. Um, I, I don't know anyone who f- thought this name was a good name. No. Didn't think particularly creative and didn't, and, and, and didn't think that it was something that they put any real thought or a, 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 a attention to. And, and that's coming down to the legal standpoint as well. Xavier Pope is with us. He's on uh, ESPN Las Vegas every Thursday. He hosts Suit Up News on Twitter, a micro news opinion and analysis program, as uh, you write it, on politics, sports, and trending topics. So trending topic around the NFL is the vaccination rates here in uh, Las Vegas, our Raiders, according to John Gruden, there's only four or five players on the team who are not vaccinated. I've seen uh, multiple teams that are above 90%. I think Pete Carroll of the Seahawks said yesterday that uh, there's like one player who's not vaccinated. So this is a good thing. This is, you know, the now the Bills, you know, we'll see what happens with Cole Beasley, but we're trending in the right direction, Xavier. Absolutely trending in the right, right direction. We, we've seen that the the increase in vaccinations go up significantly in the, in the National Football League. Um, and so I know there's been a lot of consternation about what some guys have said about saying they'd never play if they got vaccinated. But, you know, sometimes we can focus on some of the good news. And some of that good news is we've seen the Raiders really step up. We see the, heck, the city of Las Vegas and how its casino owners and their and their employees have stepped up to get vaccinated. Um, that city um, and get, making sure that it's safe because it's such a tur- tur- uh, touristic destination has done a yeoman's work making sure that it's protecting the public. And I think that's one of the things that we should, probably need to be brought up. Secondly is... Um, that if you are man, if you're putting some of the most ch- challenging corners around getting vaccinated, 
and make it difficult for you to, to live life with being unvaccinated, you're going to see people get vaccinated. If you can't get into a, a certain facility, if, yep. you can't, if you have less privileges, and instead of just saying you get vaccinated, oh, no, you just don't get to do this. If you have a private, private personal action, personally, okay, you can suffer private business consequences as a result. People will go out and get vaccinated. It's just that simple. What do you think of what Charles Barkley said uh, the other day in an interview? He said, there's S you can't do at work. Uh, there's, you know, blank that you have to do at work. So every workplace has rules. And I think one of the rules should be that guys have to be vaccinated. The only people who are not vaccinated are just a-holes. That's a little overboard, isn't it? I don't think it's entirely a- overboard when you consider the, the, the burden that people who have done their job to be socially distant, wear a mask and get vaccinated. Like, I didn't want to do that. <laughs> I didn't want to wear a mask. I didn't want to be away from my loved ones. I didn't want to get vaccinated. I didn't want to get stuck with a shot, but I had to do it. And I did it for myself. I did it for my family. I did it for the community around me. So if you're still focused on getting, quote unquote, getting research and doing some of the other things, I think it's a little bit selfish. And you can't say my freedom. If your freedom infringes on my freedom and my health, then I got a problem. So I do believe if you want to exercise your freedom, that's perfectly fine. But don't be surprised you get private consequences as a result. Xavier Pope. Xavier Pope is with us, host of Suit Up News on Twitter at Xavier Pope. Uh, college football, there's some legal news. Well, first of all, we've got uh, Conference Armageddon. It actually looks like this whole thing's going to be accelerated with Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC early. Well, the Big 12 is uh, you know, hanging around. They're like, wait, we just lost you know, two of our biggest programs. Now what do we do? We're going to get picked apart. We add other teams. Uh, they went after ESPN yesterday threatening – some legal action. What exactly is a uh, tortious action and uh, what happened here? What are they alleging? What is the big 12 getting after ESPN about? Yeah. Big 12 sent a letter over to a cease and desist letter to ESPN, basically referencing um, a, a notice of rights uh, agreement and also uh, another agreement in terms of them speaking with other teams about potentially leaving the big 12 and so this is a sort of tortious interference with contract, basically kind of claim that they're making, or maybe some sort of breach con- of contract they may be making, maybe threatening some legal action against, against ESPN. And what it looks as if is that their conference is crumbling and they're looking for someone to blame. <laughs> and ESPN is not the blame for the Big 12 falling apart. We've seen conferences change the switch. It was the Big 8 before. You saw they took – Team from the S, the Southwestern Conference that no longer exists anymore. It, so, uh, to blame ESPN for that, a potential broadcast part, a p- broadcast partner for SEC, is a little unfounded in my, un, uh, from what I understand. But they would be maybe more documents, more evidence, more proof. Show us the receipts, Big Twelve, about what. ESPN has actually done to harm the Big 12. This is more of a business deal, more of a business partnership. This doesn't affect the people in front of the camera, in front of microphones, right? They can still talk about college football realignment and mention the AAC and the Big 12, right? The cease and desist doesn't mean they have to they have to shut up and stop talking about the topic, right? No, it doesn't mean they don't talk about the topic. It's more so using the platform to be able to encourage or say this would this is what should happen. Otherwise, you're kind of telling people what to say on air about you and, and what any criticism about the nature of the business of the conference. But the, I think that's the problem, though, and the conflict of interest when you are a broadcast partner 
of leagues and teams with you now have to turn around and give opinions about what they are doing, not only on the field, but off the field as well. Xavier Pope is on Cofield and company. I thought this was real interesting. I think you retweeted this. A uh, data study from uh, something called Y Pulse, and it was a Y score among Gen Z and millennials when it comes to sports. NBA number one, NFL number two, UFC or MMA number three. Baseball is actually doing well. NHL and hockey was 15th. Well, that's not good. We talk a lot of hockey here in Las Vegas. What exactly does this mean? How accurate do you think this is with the uh, Gen Z and millennial sports interest? I mean, above NHL was multiple gaming leagues. Yes, Overwatch League. Oh, no. League of Legends? What? League of Legends, man. That The NHL really has an issue with bringing younger fans to the sport. I mean, it's, it's really that simple. And if you, were to, if you were to ask someone that was, say, 18, 19 years old, who's the star of the NHL, who would you think they would say? I have no idea who they would know. Bingo. Exactly. And that's the problem. If you ask anybody about the NFL or about the NHL, I'm not sorry, of, of, the, of the NBA, they would be able to rattle off immediately a, a number of names of various guys. That just didn't happen. And I think that's what the NHL is facing right now, how to make its sport marketable, how to make its sport more inclusive so that pe- that so younger fans can watch the game. Well, they need marketing help, as you just suggested. And it's a shame the man just passed away. But uh, the marketing touch of a uh, one Ron Popeil may have helped the NHL over the years. He just passed away. And, you know, I, I kind of forgot how big a part he was. This is crazy when – TV, and I'll call him a TV personality. When TV personalities pass away, you go back and remember, man, like that guy was on TV all the freaking time and really started this whole, you know, mail uh, or, you know, shop by mail delivery and, you know, newfangled products, uh, shipping and handling and all that stuff. Uh, maybe Bezos should look at Ron Popeil and go, thank you, sir. Yeah. I mean, he outsold QVC by himself. Yep. That man. That man could sell water to a whale. I mean, he could <laughs> sell fire in hell. I mean, that man just was an absolute incredible pitch man. Created multiple products that you didn't use, but you still bought anyway. That <laughs> sat in the box that you never opened. I mean, yep. I mean, he was a masterful salesman. Uh, and he every if you were if you ever had a tough night sleeping, guess who was on your TV? Robert Beal. Yep. <laughs> that I mean, that man saved me so many lullabies as a kid. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he was the. I mean, if you talk talk about counting sheep, he counted his dollars while you did it. So, I mean, just an um, just an incredible legacy that impacted how people bought goods, how those goods eventually wound up on store shelves, not only just mailing, and impacted with how Amazon does his business. He was a pioneer. Basically, came up with a concept that led to the air fryer, and I feel like almost everyone has an air fryer now. So, rest in peace. Ron Popeil. All right, what's on Suit Up News this week? Right now, we're, we're coming up with uh, some of the, the issues that are happening in sports. We saw what's going on with the Olympics. We're coming up with the latest on that. Awesome. Have a good weekend. You too, buddy. There he is, Xavier Pope. Check him out on Twitter, at Xavier Pope. Four o'clock hours on the way. We hit the football frenzy, and we'll go through some of that crazy press conference that Aaron Rodgers had yesterday. Man, he laid it all on the table.